I do, I do thank the Lord that you're here today. We are in the ninth week of our study in the book of Colossians. The ninth week, we are in chapter 3, if you want to go ahead and turn there. Uh, chapter 3 of the book of Colossians. Jesus is enough is our series title. And he is enough. He is enough. You don't get any deeper in scripture than Jesus. You can't, you can't fathom anything more rich in scripture than Jesus. And so he is enough. And Paul spent this letter to the church at Colossae explaining to them just how much Jesus was enough. The church had been, had been infiltrated with false doctrine and false teaching. And Paul addressed some of that. He wanted to make sure that they stayed pure in their doctrine. He also wanted to teach them some theological truths, which by the way, that's how we stay pure in our doctrine, is understanding our theology and what we believe the Bible says and what we believe this book teaches. That's the way we stand firm in our doctrine and our theology. And Paul teaches that, and now in this chapter, it's kind of a transitional chapter. Last Sunday, uh, I introduced you to some, um, some new theologians you may not have heard of, uh, Brooks and Dunn, and... Brand New Man was my sermon title last Sunday, so you've never read after those theologians, you might want to do that. Uh, Lynn was talking about music today. Those, those two guys, you know, they just they get me when I, when I need it most, you know what I mean? I'm just, sorry, that's terrible. Um, but uh, Brand New Man we talked about last Sunday. And we spoke about how Paul was explaining to them that when you became a believer in Jesus, that your old man was crucified, that your old nature was killed, and that you were a new person in Jesus. And you were given his righteousness and his Holy Spirit inside of you. And I didn't go here last week, but I wanted to. That means we have no more excuse. We can't say, well, that's just the way that I am. No, you can say that's just the way I was. The new you is clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. So we can no longer make that excuse of like, well, I just struggle with that. That's just the way I am. No, it's not the way you are anymore. You're a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. So because of that reality that we are a new person in Christ, Paul now starts to step on some toes. He's starting to get personal and practical this week. So I'm so glad you're here today because you're getting to the personal, practical, in your face from Paul. In fact, today's sermon is simply titled Brand New Living. Brand new living. Because you're a brand new person, your lifestyle should be brand new. I know that's earth shattering um, to some people. But because you're a brand new person, your life should be brand new. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles today, feel free to follow along. If you don't, open up an app or you can follow along on the screen behind me. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 5. And we have several verses to read today. Paul says this to the church at Colossae, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, Filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. 
since, here's the transition, since you have put off the old man, so we spoke about last week, the old man is dead. Since you've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Jew nor Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. We're not going to uh, hone in on that verse today in the, in the sermon, but just understand this. Jew, Greek, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. None of that exists in the spiritual realm. Why? Because Christ is everything. Christ is all. That's why the gospel wasn't for the Jews. It was for the Jews and the Gentiles. It's for everyone. That's why the gospel wasn't for the circumcised, but for the uncircumcised and the circumcised. It's for everyone. But we're not going to pause there today in our sermon, so I pause there in the text. There we go. Verse 12. Therefore... Another transitional word, looking back at the previous verses we just read. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do, but they don't deserve it. Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Heavenly Father, speak through your word today. Holy Spirit, would it be you and not me? May your words come from my lips today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, it's a long text today, but if you followed along through that text... You understand that Paul is now giving a couple of lists. In fact, he gives two lists of things that we should not be doing. And then he gives another list of things we should be doing. He's about to tell us, hey, if you're a new creature, if you're a new creation in Jesus, here's what it ought to look like. I don't know how to be more plain than that. Now, now let me just, well, we're going to get to it, Josh. Stay, with, stay where you're supposed to be. Now, before we, we know what we're not supposed to do, and before we know what we're supposed to do, Let's real quick, number one, see the why. The why. Okay, number one is the why. And we're going to actually be in the middle of this text for the why in verse 9. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds, have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free. Christ is all and in all. If we do not understand why we should do certain things and why we should not do certain things, it won't be long before we are no longer doing the things we ought to do and abstaining from the things that we ought to abstain from. If we do not understand the why. Parents, if I could pause here. I was kind of raised in the culture that if you questioned, it was rebellion. 
And, and it didn't help that, you know, back in the day, I think this was something, I used to hear it when I was growing up, there used to be <coughs> bumper stickers that said question authority. Anybody remember, did that actually exist? Anybody ever seen those? A couple people? Maybe it was just a sermon, like a sermon illustration the pastor made up. But um, obviously that questioning can be taken to an extreme and to where it gets into something that's not spirit-led and spirit-filled. But parents, may I say this? There's absolutely nothing wrong with an adolescent or a young child asking you the question, why? And may I be real? The reason you don't like it is because you're probably not confident in why you told them to do that. And you may not have an answer. And listen, may I say this? If there's kids in here, y'all listen to me. Every, Every now and then, your parents have a card they can pull. Melissa just pulled it. You know what the card is? The because I said so card. Like you don't need any further explanation. Just shut up and obey. All right? But parents, if I may, and I understand my, my teenagers in here. Most of the time, if my daughter asks me the question why, I should have some sort of explanation. Okay, I should. And why, understanding why we do things is very much important. I'm not going to retell the introduction today, but this is basically the introduction. Why are we supposed to do certain things and not do certain things? Because we are brand new creatures. Listen, you're not an improved version of yourself. You're brand new. Saul went out killing Christians and persecuting those that would claim to be believers and Saul's life was changed and that road to Damascus and the light came on him and Jesus came into his life and Saul became Paul. Who he was changed. That doesn't mean you need to change your name when you come to faith in Christ but it's a great illustration of who you once were is no longer who you are. The why this morning and why we ought to do certain things and why we ought not to do certain things is because we have been accepted in Jesus. And that is a freeing thing. I have a graphic for you this morning to help us understand this. The law says, do all of these things and don't do all of these things so that you can one day earn a reward. The law says, and I'm not going to read all the do's and don'ts, but Don't fornicate, don't have uncleanness, don't have evil desires so that you can inherit or you can earn or you can somehow grasp. Listen, that's not it today. The why today is over on that right-hand side, and that is grace. We have our reward. Our reward is Jesus. Our reward is our eternal destination with Him. And because of that and His rich mercy and grace and His righteousness has been given to us, because of what Jesus did for us, therefore, how can I obey? What do you want from me? I'll do it. Hey, listen, I'll search the Scriptures and I'll I'll find commands in Scriptures and, and I'll absolutely do it. I'll have opportunities to serve and to bless other people. If that's what you want me to do, I'm here to obey. I will do it. Does everybody understand that graph? And listen, the why today is that right-hand side. Because we live under grace. And we have been accepted by Jesus. And He is our reward. We are no longer striving for a reward. And because of that, we ought to obey. 
It's like children. You can teach your children to obey out of fear if you want to. If that's how you choose to, to parent, you can do that. You can teach your kids to obey out of fear. And, and, and probably there's a little bit of healthy fear that needs to be there sometimes. You know, right, Kelsey? Uh, but uh, I said right. I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, or, you know, we can, we can parent and require obedience from our kids after fostering a relationship with them to where they respect us and they love us. And because they respect us and because they love us, they'll obey. Now, that doesn't mean they're perfect. Newsflash, your kids ain't perfect. They're, and listen, a lot of them are in this room. They probably pull the wool over your eyes more than you think they do. Ain't that right? See, they're laughing because they know it's true. But at the end of the day, I could parent my kids by the law or I could parent my kids by grace, right? And so the why today... The why is because we live under grace. The why is because we're a new creature. We've put off the old man and we, have, we live in this grace that Jesus now offers. And so because of this, because of the why now, we can drop down to the second point, And that is the don't list. The don't list. Man, the church is so good at this. We are just, this is like the wheelhouse of the church right here. You ready? Do not do these things, all right? Here we go. Verse 5, therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons. Sorry, my screen just went. There we go. Because of sons of disobedience in which you, you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. And do not lie to one another. The word therefore is a transitional word. I said something, therefore, this. This was the beginning of our text today. This was the first verses we read. So the therefore reverts back to last week's teaching on the new man, brand new man. So because you're a brand new man, the why, number one today, because, you're, because of the why, this is what you should not be doing. These are the things that you should remove from your life. Because your old nature is dead and you have been given a new nature in Christ, there are some things you ought not do anymore. And once again, the church has been really good at this. But just because some churches have abused the don't list, doesn't mean we ought to ignore the don't list. Can I say that again? For those of you that are steeped in church, just because the church has abused the don't list, doesn't mean we should ignore the don't list. Okay? That's called abusing grace. Paul doesn't speak very kindly to those people that abuse grace. Because of the grace of God that he freely gave to us, we should flee from sin. We should forsake the desires of the flesh. And I'm just going to do it this morning. Let's look at what we are to put to death. Let's look at the things that we are not supposed to do. It's, it's clearly laid out in scripture. I'm just going to go down the list. Fornication. You say, Josh, you never preach against sin. Well, let me lay it out here very plainly and clearly. We are to flee, put to death, do not fornicate. That is sex outside of marriage. Do, you, do I need to be clearer? That is for the youngest student in this room this morning to hear that you should save yourself 
for marriage for the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. That is for the person that's been married for two or three years in this room today. You need to continue committed to sex and within the bounds of your marriage. And that is for those of you that have been married a long time. To stay committed sexually in your marriage. Listen, the problem oftentimes within our churches and the problem oftentimes within our Christian lives is we want to we do these things that the Bible is clearly against and then continue living like everything's okay and then wonder why we have inner turmoil. I know the Bible says this, but I'm just going to do this anyway and then I wonder why my spiritual life sucks. So, fornication. I'm moving. Uncleanness, that is impure, lustful living. That is literally what the word means. Living in the desires and the lusts of our flesh. That means whatever we, uncleanness says, whatever we think would feel good to our flesh, no matter good or bad, that's what I want. Oh, to, to add on to that, passion. You know what that word really literally means? The original word? The affliction of the mind and emotions. It literally means, if you are guided by your passions, whatever your mind and your emotions tells you to do, that's what you do and that's what you want. You know what Paul says? Flee those things. Put to death those things. Listen, some of the worst advice you could ever be given is follow your heart. You know why? Because what does the Bible say about your heart? It's deceitful and it's desperately wicked and then it even goes further and says, who can know it? It's a rhetorical question. Basically saying, you don't even know what your heart really wants anyway. And so I understand we're coming, we're, we're on the halfway point. We're almost to Hallmark movies coming out. And I get it. The Hallmark movie is going to tell you to follow your heart. And the, and the rugged guy from the small town against the rich guy from New York City. And you're supposed to follow your heart. We're getting close. I'm going ahead and starting to preach it on it. No, at the end of the day, your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so you say, Joshua, well, what are we supposed to follow? Well, there's this really cool thing we talked about last Sunday and intro this Sunday. is that you have a new nature in Christ. And you know what he's given you? The Holy Spirit of God. We are not to be heart-led. We are to be spirit-led. Now, here's where, here's where it becomes beautiful. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your heart and the Holy Spirit begins to work on your heart and all of a sudden the things that your heart desires are the things that Christ desires for you, man, you have entered into like spiritual rest and abundant spiritual living because the Holy Spirit has arrested your heart. But don't be fooled if your heart is not right with God. This morning your passions, they will afflict you. Evil desires, we should... Put to death evil desires. Covetousness, that literally means wanting something that someone else has. Listen, that can be taken a lot of different directions. In fact, in Scripture, he says you shouldn't covet your neighbor's ox, his wife, and I'm going to stay out of the King James this morning, or his donkey. All right, so don't be coveting any of those things. I could covet someone's lifestyle. Man, I've started watching this show on HGTV. Y'all get ready. What, what's it called? Off the Grid on the Beach. Off the Grid 
on the beach. Now, y'all know I'm the most city boy you've ever met. If I had to spend more than one night without, like, no, without, like internet, I'm going to die, all right? But I have, like, an alternative life that I live in my head, and that one is, like, off the grid, like, no one can find me, solar power for my house. And so, and so if I'm not careful, I can watch those shows. Man, a family the other other night, it wasn't the other night, it was probably four years ago, but I watched it the other night. They bought an island for one point, only $1.9 million. They bought an island. And there was two houses on that island. So I'm like, sweet, like I could live there. And then like people could come visit. Like that would be awesome. And I, I use that as a joke. But if we're not careful, I mean, it's a whole HGTV joke, right? Like, I'm a public school teacher, and my husband volunteers at the YMCA, and our budget is $3.4 million. Like, I'm not sure what school you're teaching at, but sign me up. But at the end of the day, if we're not careful, right, we look at all those things, and, man, I could, $1.9 million, let's see what we can do here. Let's start beg, borrow, and stealing. But we can look and we can begin to covet those things. Or even locally, we can see how somebody seems to live their life in a little bit more maybe financial freedom than us. Or maybe they, they seem just happier people. And we can begin to covet. Like, God, why do I have the problems that I have? Why was I raised? Here's one. Why was I raised in the family I was raised in? And why does everything seem to be great for them? You know what all that is? Coveting. It's coveting. And he says we should flee that. Man, I'm not, there ain't no way I'm getting done with my sermon today. I promise y'all. Well, I got to get my wife to the airport, so we got to stop at some point in time. So I'm, I'm not going to finish the sermon today. Anger. Wrath. Malice. You know what malice is? Malice is a desire for evil void of the circumstances, or void of the consequences. Like, malice is like, I'm going to do this and I don't care what happens as a result. Blasphemy. There's a lot to go, that goes into blasphemy we won't cover this morning. Filthy language. Vulgarity. Lying. Being dishonest. Not telling the truth. I just came to this conclusion several years ago. I'd rather just tell you the truth than have you hate me and we get on with it. Then for me to try to weasel my way around like high school Josh and try to figure my way around it. And before you know it, I forgot what the truth really is because I've told so many lies. Truth. We should put away lying. As committed followers of Jesus, we should be killing these things. So y'all go tell your friends that say, does your pastor preach against sin at your church? Well, yeah, we do. We, we probably need to do more of it, but hey, we do it. The do list. You got a don't list. We need a do list. A honey do list. A to, I'm sure I'll get one of those this week. A to do list. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, staying in our text. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on these things tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another. That literally means to stick with someone, to be there for them. And forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. 
above all these things, put on love. Paul instructs the believers here at Colossae not only on what they should not be doing, but what they should be doing. And thank God for that. By the way, may we not get caught in the trap of being known what we're against more than we're known what we're for. May I say this, as I've mentioned parents already this morning. Look at it this way, parents. May you catch your children doing right as often as you catch them doing wrong. May we not always focus on the, do, on the don'ts, but focus on the do's. The do's. If we're to put to death evil works, then conversely we should bring to life these righteous works. If we are a brand new person, if we have the new nature of Jesus through His Holy Spirit and we have His righteousness in us, then here are the righteous works that Paul says should be bringing forth and coming to life in our lives. Tender mercies. Merciful. Mercy looks like this. You deserve fill in the blank. But I'm not going to enforce it. You deserve that. But I'm going to remove it. I'm going to show you mercy. Kindness. Man, there's like a there's like a starvation of just kindness in our country. But just be kind. But she didn't vote like me. But just be kind. But they didn't make a statement about the Supreme Court decision like I did. Well, just be kind. But they think differently about that political. Just be kind. But the midterm elections are coming and they're already starting to run their mouth. Just be kind. Did you realize if we rewound 10 years, all of us were friends with people that didn't vote like us and believe like us a whole lot more? And now it's like, God bless and curse social media all at the same time. Because now we all got an opinion and everybody knows it. I, I envy those of you in this room that don't have it. I really do. Just be kind. Humility. Humility is not thinking of yourself less. And it's not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of you in a proper scope of God, your creator, an image of God, and other images of God all around you. That's humility. It's understanding your place in all this. And guess what? Your place is not above anyone else. That's humility. Meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, sticking with others, forgiving one another. And I won't, I won't stay here long, but forgiving. But you don't know how difficult it is for me to forgive. Well, you don't know how difficult it was for Jesus to forgive you. But you don't understand what he or she did. Well, you don't understand what we all did. If Jesus can forgive you, I'm here to tell you this morning. It may not be easy, but I'm here to tell you this. You can forgive. It may hurt. It may not happen immediately. But if Jesus can forgive, you can forgive. Forgive. It's part of this new man 
as part of this new creation, as part of being a brand new person. And then Paul doesn't let us leave without saying, oh, by the way, above everything, above everything, love. Above everything, above mercy and kindness and humility and meekness and long-suffering and forgiveness, above putting off all these other things that we mentioned in the, in the previous point, above all of that, love. And it kind of reminds me, this list of the do's, it reminds me of two things. The first thing it reminds me of is the fruit of the Spirit. That's what we're going over on Wednesday nights. This, there's many parallels and crossovers in this list that Paul gives in Colossians and the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. Which, by the way, if you're missing Wednesday nights, you're missing out. We got, we got guys that are really doing a great job. We're off this week because we're taking off this holiday week. Come back next week, so don't, don't miss Wednesdays. But then I also am reminded in this, in this list of 1 Corinthians 13. Love. Above all of this, love. What is 1 Corinthians 13? It comes after 1 Corinthians 12, you got it, that's right. And that is the list, list of all the gifts of the Spirit. Here's all these gifts you should be working up in your lives, gifts of the Spirit. And then he says, if you speak with the tongues of men and of angels and you don't have love, you are literally just making noise. So may I say this, if you don't do this entire list and then you do this other entire list and you don't possess love in your heart, you're just making noise, man. Can I just bring it where we live? You're just wasting time. We bookend the beginning of this don't and do list with the why. That's the first bookend. The second bookend, and we're finished today, is the how. The how. Now, Josh, you told the church you were going to get through the book of Colossians quicker than you got through the book of Mark. So this is why we're taking on 13 verses today. This could obviously be its own sermon, and I'm not going to preach it that way. But how do we do these things? Okay, so like what's the, I understand why I'm a new person. I'm a new person in Christ. I should not do these things, list. I should do these things, list. Don't forget to love. Okay, now how do I do that? Like practically speaking, I mean, how do I? stir these things up, right? How do I stir those certain good things up and how do I put to death those evil things? Well, I believe Paul helps us in verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body which by the way I believe is the body of believers and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Oh, here's key. You ready for key? And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Almost pause right there. You want to know how you put to death those evil works? Because you can't do them in the name of Jesus. You want to know how you don't lie to one another? You want to know how you don't fornicate? You want to know how you don't 
Because you cannot do those things in the name of Jesus. And Paul says, whatever you do, here's here's how. Here's how you live the, the Christian life. That whatever you do, whatever you say, whatever actions you take, you should do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So when I'm presented with a difficult decision of whether to tell the truth or whether to be dishonest. You know what this verse teaches me? I cannot be dishonest and say, in the name of Jesus, I just said that. I can't, that's, you know what that is? That's blasphemy. I cannot have anger and malice and wrath that creeps into my heart and takes hold of me and commit those acts and anger and wrath and malice and go, do that in the name of Jesus. Folks, that's impossible. And we all know it. None of us go out and do these types of things and be like, did that in the name of Jesus. You know why we don't? Because we know we can't. I love that this text from verse 15 down through verse 17 highlights our entire selves, our hearts, our bodies, our words, our songs, the one body, I believe the body of believers, local church, global, our actions. It's in everything that we are. It's in every part of our being. We ought to do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. The fact that all of ourselves and our entire whole seems to be highlighted here in these three verses, it would encourage us not to compartmentalize our biblical living, not to be Sunday morning Christians, not to be connect group Christians, not to be Saturday night heathens and Sunday morning Christians, not to be what I like to call country music Christians, cuss on Monday, pray on Sunday. But to know for this to just be a part of who we are. I was going to close a little differently. Justin, we don't even need to put that on the screen. But the Holy Spirit is is definitely pushing me this direction. And I simply want to say this. For the things that you ought not be doing in your life. Before you do those things. Would you do what Paul says? And say, when I'm done saying this or doing this or... Can I say that I did that in the name of Jesus? There's going to be a whole lot of of what Josh Cox says that's going to need to get filtered. Justin Goss has known me for a long time, since I was in like the sixth grade. Yeah, fifth grade. Yeah, probably. Yep. Justin knows me, like, really, really bad. <laughs> he knows me. And you know what I love about it? I hate to use you as an illustration, bro. I'm using me as an illustration. Me and Justin have the type of relationship where he can be like, hey, man, I noticed this, man. When you, like, your humor, like, bro, you really go hard at people sometimes. Like, and you're laughing, but they ain't laughing sometimes. 
Like your humor can be like really hardcore. And I'm not sure if they understand that. We got a group of friends that we hang out with. You know what the honest truth is for me? Can I do that and like possibly offend people and like, can I say, man, I, I offended that guy over there in the name of Jesus? No, I can't do that. I mistreated my wife, man. We got home and I'd had a long day. She'd had a long day and man, I just, man, I just lost control and said some things I shouldn't have said in the name of Jesus. No, I can't do that. This is not the way I wanted to end the sermon. This is the way I believe I need to end the sermon. If you can't follow up what you say and do with I did that in the name of Jesus, then you need to stop doing it. You say, Josh, you're being legalistic. I'm really not. not if I'm being legalistic, then Paul's being legalistic. I believe we laid the foundation. I believe we laid the why down. It's not to earn anything it's not to seek a reward. No, it's because Jesus changed my life. And he transformed me. And if I can't put his name on it, I need to stop doing it. And then we need to do it. We need to do all the good things. The kindness, humility, the love, all of that. You know why? Because... If I do that kind gesture, that kind deed, I see Jeff has an issue or a need and I step in and I serve Jeff properly, I believe that I can, with a clear conscience, walk away from Jeff and go, I did that in the name of Jesus. I believe if Joy and Chris, is, as they've gone through a loss of a loved one in the last few weeks, and I believe if I, if I go and serve them and I pray for them and I send them an encouraging message, or I believe I can get done with that and say, I did that for... In the name of Jesus. If, if I give a meal to someone less fortunate that can't afford the meal and I take care of that and I give them a meal, I believe I can do that. I say, I did that in the name of Jesus. But I can't discipline my kids in anger. I say, I did that in the name of Jesus. I can't lose my cool on a coworker. It's just Aaron and Jeff. But, uh, but I can't lose my cool. And say, I did that in the name of Jesus. I came for Aaron. Yes, he observed it. Folks, brand new people, brand new man. Means we ought to brand, have a brand new living. I hope it helped you today. I hope it did. Because these types of things help me. As your pastor, I need to preach these things. You know why? Because I leave these sermons like this and I go get in my car and I go... Why'd you have to do that? Like, why'd you have to preach that? Because I need it. I need it. And we need it. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.